Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate you being here. You can hit us up on Twitter at Derek and Mike Pod. Instagram is Derek and Mike or on our website, DerekandMike.com. My name is Mike. This is my boy, Derek. What's up, Mike? What's up, everybody? This is my other boy, Rick Fingers. Hello, hello. Welcome to the show, Rick. We're stoked to have you, man. Hey, I'm stoked to be here once again, guys. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah, man. Dude. Yeah. You just keep bringing the hits. We got to keep bringing you back. You just like, you keep, uh, you know, yeah. You, I keep, you I, gotta take, I listened to that podcast that we did with the, uh, Will Smith, you know, I mean, that last half was <laughs> wait, just. Wait, wait, wait. When did we have Will Smith rolling. on the show? I, I missed yeah, that you one. Know. Yeah. God damn. <laughs> We're pulling some A-listers. And then, no offense, Rick, but Will Smith to Rick? Like, come on. Yeah. Mm, I would rather have Rick. Wow! Yeah, me too. Hey, I I appreciate that. Rick's man. much less likely to smack one of us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, well, it depends on how much I have to drink. You know me. <laughs> <laughs> they don't call him fingers for hey, nothing. You know, speaking speaking of Will Smith, did you gentlemen see the Chris Rock Netflix special? No, I've heard about it though. But give us your rundown, dude. Was it good? Oh, dude. All I'm gonna say is he said I'm satisfied. I'll tell you that right now. Oh wow! I've always been. A- I'm in the camp of Will Smith's a little fucking bitch, and I hate that little fucking kike, and I'll never watch another thing he ever does ever again. Kind of thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, oh yeah. So let's oh, yeah. qualify I, I, real quick that Rick is Jewish, right? Because isn't that's a bad word that you can't say if you're not? Well, Jewish, we can't right? say it. Rick's a Jew, so he can say it, but we can't yeah, I say know. it. I just wanted to clarify oh, yeah. that. Yeah. To t- tell you the truth, me being Jew or not, I don't care. I just love the word. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and if I wasn't well, Jewish, I'd be using it all day, every day. Why not? Okay. Why not? Is it one of those things <laughs> like you know it? You know, you 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 own the word now, so you kind of say it to your your other yeah. Jewish friends like that. Just be like, yeah. "What's up, my kike? How you doing, man? Did you ever use it like that?" <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't say that I have. That's it doesn't like it doesn't that. work that, that way. Funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Though I like it. Too bad it's only one oh. syllable though, because it doesn't kind of like. There's a cliffhanger there. Too bad. Hey, my kike. I don't know, dude. Uh, mm. Australians use cunt pretty damn well and very casually oh, yeah. and friendly. Mm. They'll just be like, oh, oh, you cunt, you know? And uh, <laughs> and, and that's like, dude, that's a term of endearment. If a, if an Australian guy calls you cunt, like he loves you. You're in, you're in a good place with that guy. <laughs> is that the same thing as wanker? Uh, <laughs> no, wanker is kind of like, ah, you jackass. Like they would call you a wanker, like um uh yeah. like ah you dipshit even maybe even in a nice way like oh you fucking jackass you know but uh and the, bad, the bad word is bloody like right oh, like, oh hey, hey Derek, hey hey watch bloody. your mouth dude well, yeah I'm t- i know dude, i'm sorry come on yeah bloody come bloody. on dude <laughs> uh-huh. anyway, on that note happy st patrick's day laddies oh yeah shoot yeah you, i don't yeah. see any green you got pinches coming yeah, your way? Yeah, I know. I'm, 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 I plan on getting pinched every time this year, so why wear green, you know? Well, I have to admit I'm a oh, terrible yeah. father, and uh, I got my <laughs> son up. I got him ready. I got him dressed. I took him to school and realized it was St. Patrick's Day when the lady at the front went, Hey, do we have a little leprechaun here today? And I went, Ah, I forgot to put him in green. Damn it. Oh, he would be such a cute little leprechaun, too. Uh, man, you, you sent me that video of, of man, you got cute kids dude your boys are so damn cute <laughs> they are uh they are pretty good looking boys man yeah yeah 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm a terrible dad, yeah, I was... though. I totally forgot it was St. Patrick's Day. I didn't put him in green or anything. I was like, ah, oh, my wife called me not long after I dropped him off. And, hey, did you remember his green shirt? She bought him a special St. Patrick's shirt. He has a special leprechaun hat, the whole shebang. And I'm like, no, I didn't. I totally, I let him pick his shirt. Neither one of us remembered it was St. Patty's Day, and I just sent him to school in a normal outfit. My bad. Well, uh, to tell you the truth, I forgot myself. If it wasn't for the Heidi and Frank show I listened to every morning, I wouldn't have known myself. So. Ah. Yeah, <laughs> which I have to admit, man, it's still a really good show. I to, yeah, I like that show a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, uh, you, you guys are up and coming, though, I have to tell you. Whenever oh, they're thanks. off the air, I put you guys on. Oh, all so. right. So as soon as Frosty, Heidi, and Frank are over, then uh, you oh, no, 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 no Frosty. Oh, no that's Frosty. right. That, oh, okay. Yeah, he that's... got he got shit canned back in COVID. Oh. <laughs> so, oh. Yeah, he refused He refused to get vaccinated, so KLOS told him to go uh, take Ike. Oh. And, yeah. he did, and he did. Man. Yeah. Hmm. That was a tense oh, couple oh, cool. of years with all that stuff. Like, you know, lot, so many companies were threatening to, you know, fire people and all that. And there's all these people <laughs> taking a stand and all that. And now all that feels so distant. And it wasn't that long ago, but it all just feels like a non-issue now. And uh, it sucks for the people who got caught up in that, um, you know, sinkhole while it was open. And uh, now it seems like no biggie. No one really talks about it. You know, yeah, well, I the, think there's the going to be some legal lawsuits pretty soon you know i think there's lawsuits coming sure they're they're, they're coming so it's not going to be the end of it no but i mean that's just you know i mean it's it never like takes brings that time back or or whatever because mm-hmm. it's like dude it was during a time when the job market was all super fucking weird and and uh you couldn't go to the grocery store and all that kind of weird shit and then it's like oh great <laughs> and i just lost my job because i don't want to get a vaccine you know like what a weird time yeah. right yeah, I remember why. Well, whatever when it started off with that chaos of the toilet paper and uh, you know paper towel fiasco. Oh yeah, yeah, that was Derek's fault, Rick. By the way, Derek I told started me. That. Yeah, oh, yeah, that was Derek. Damn you, start, Derek! I'm sorry. I started that maybe a month before everybody else. I got. Yeah, I never, I never not had toilet paper or paper towels or anything. Derek's you know? an early adopter, so he he gets on things before most people. And uh, yeah, he was making a run on toilet paper when there was still plenty in the stores, but not after he oh, left. Shit. Yeah, and hey, I would Derek. suggest getting some beans and rice too. Coming up with this financial <laughs> crisis that we well, then you needed all of... that toilet paper. Yeah, yeah you, you know, more. you know what, Derek, ah. you always strike me the kind of guy, Derek, that you have the survival kit somewhere in your house, right? Like, you you can am... survive for like two or three months, no problem with uh, you know yes, the sir. apocalypse happen tomorrow. Yes, yeah. sir. I would, I, I would have to agree with you. I hope, <laughs> I hope there's nothing that I'm forgetting in my survival storage kit or my bunker. Derek has mm. a Plan B property, Ricky. He calls it the cabin. He has a place he can go oh. when shit hits the fan. Like he owns oh. a full-on property. It's where the turkeys attacked him. That vicious, violent, <laughs> life-threatening, traumatizing <laughs> turkey. Uh, oh shit! Dude. Everybody has a traumatizing turkey story, dude. Let me. T- <laughs> oh yeah, I want to hear yours. But you know, what, Rick, you. You would love this cabin, dude. You would fucking love this cabin. I'm telling you right now, it's nothing but surrounded by farms. It's 11 acres, wooded. I mean, every time I go up there, turkeys, wild turkeys just run off. And I got deer. And so does Derek. Then he runs off. (laughs) Deer, like six deer sleep in the back. I mean, I haven't seen them lately, you know, because the season changed. So they... They're moving around a little bit more. But during hunting season, they were all just sitting out back. And I'm like, you know what? Go ahead and just... I'll let you. I want you to sleep out back because if shit ever hit the fan, you know I know where to find you. <laughs> you know, let me get ask you while you, you're ever, sleeping. Yeah. Have you ever Have you ever taken one of those wild turkeys for uh, Thanksgiving? <clears throat> no, I 
I don't hunt because I would only hunt like if I ate it and I know you do eat it, uh, but oh, I don't have egg. the, yes. Yeah, yes. you know, I don't have the constitution to skin an animal. I'm just, I'm too queasy <laughs> like that. I mean, I, I don't get me wrong. I eat the shit out of meat, but like, um, and I'm not beyond hunting. I would hunt like if I was going to eat it. I definitely would do it. How do you, yeah, how, no, of course. How do you imagine it would go down, Derek, if you had Ricky over for a visit and you guys went and visited the cabin <laughs> and then a uh, a flock of turkeys, which we established is the correct terminology, uh, a flock of turkeys cruises in. Um, what happens? What's Ricky going to do? Well, it wasn't a flock of turkeys. It was something else. Um, oh, yeah, a ra- no, it was a rafter. A rafter. <laughs> a rafter, yeah. That's right. A rafter uh, of turkeys. A rafter of turkeys is coming. Um, yeah. what would you I do Rick? I, would, I don't think I, I would be looking for rick i think and i think i would find him in the direction of the turkeys um probably pointing something at them uh <laughs> and i would be like rick don't don't kill him no i i would never kill if i like you i'm an eater too man and like yeah. i gave up duck because i don't eat duck you know because mm-hmm, duck tastes yeah. like liver and shit to me so yeah. I, I only tell my buddies that go all the time. I'm like, I'll go with you because they want me to, but I'm not going to keep my kills. If you're not going to keep my kills and I'm not going to go because I don't want to kill someone just for the fun of it, you know? See, so, and that's where people don't understand that hunters are probably the most environmentally conscious people on the planet. Well, I hope so. I hope it's getting better since I was a kid. I'll tell you that. Oh, but maybe that's there's definitely wrong, There's definitely but... a bunch of game out there. Like I give it a big game too. Like my brother still does the, the bear, the deer, the, you know, the big game, but I just don't like it anymore because, yeah, the first 20 minutes of the hunt is bitching when you're trying to find your spot and you find that animal and you pull the trigger. That's all good and fun. And then after you pull the trigger, it's horrible. And the worst part mm. of the whole trip that you don't want to be in. You know what I mean? I mean like, Can you explain they, a little bit? I'm sorry? Can you explain why it's horrible? Because you have to because drag the, the bear after back. You pull the, well, because after you pull the trigger, you now have to hike all the way down to where you you shot the animal. Most of the times, out of non, unless you're a really good shot and you, your your bullet hit where you intended it to, the animal's not dead. So when you get up there, it's mm. looking at you like, "You motherfucker! What did I yeah. ever do to you?" Oh my, right. you know. So, and then yeah. you have to put it out of its misery because it's suffering, you know. And I don't like that. So yeah. unless the animal just drops like a bad habit right when I pull the trigger, it's 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 horrible. And then. When you get up there, you got to cut their bellies open, take out all their gizzards and guts and pack the meat. And it's just a nothing but a chore, man. And yeah. you're going to waste a lot of the meat, too, because you're only one, maybe two guys are with you that could huck out maybe 120, 150 pounds worth of meat if you're lucky. And wow. let's just say you, you shot a bear that weighs 900 pounds. You're going to waste most of it and just make them be coyote food. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah, I don't yeah. like doing that. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, so yes, and so now yeah. now I'm a claim to fame for birds, brother. If you're a pheasant, a dove, or a quail, you're fucking screwed. If you see a Rick Finger, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I no, that, that makes sense about big game animals. If you're out there with just one or two or even three guys, like you can only drag so much meat back to the camp. Um, True, especially depending on the terrain, right? If you're down in a trench, you're not just dragging it back. You're you're hauling it up out of the trench. Or the ravine, or the canyon, or the whatever. Oh. Yeah, gnarly, dude. Every everybody has a story, man. If you guys ever get a chance to interview my brother on a bear hunt, he'll knock your socks off on one of them, bro. Because wow. he actually shot a bear on top of a mountain, and it literally rolled about a mile and a half down the mountain. <laughs> He's just watching you know? and going, "Oh man!" Pretty much. Yeah, they went well, down there, and the way the way they hunted the bears was with dogs. You know, so they got eleven dogs hunting the bear. And when they finally got the bear treed and Michael shot it, 
it falls out of the tree and just does its whole little ramble down the mountain. They had to go down there, package it up, and pull them all up. It took them two days. They ran out of water on the first day. And then mm-hmm. luckily they had a 14-year-old son with the, with the group who managed to hike all the way back up to the truck and grab water and save everybody's life. Wow. You know, and Damn. it's a crazy story to hear if you guys get a chance, for sure. Wow. Well, I won't know one thing in that. What what kind of gun do you use to kill a bear with? Because I'd imagine well, this it's is, not. Oh, well, you're going to freak out, Derek. The last time we shot bear, it wasn't with a gun. It was bow and arrow. Oh, wow. Hey, balls you you got balls to do that no, that's a, it really do man but a lot of times you hunt with dogs right so mm-hmm. like before you even uh you're driving through the truck and all the dogs are on the back of the truck uh, leashed up you know but they're out in the wild so they could catch a a, a smell mm-hmm. and once they start howling they got the scent right so you let the lead dog out and you let them go and you wait one minute and you let the next dog go and you wait 30 seconds let the next dog go until they're all gone you know, and then they're all they're all on GPS trackers too. Mm, and dope. the coolest part about the whole hunt, guys, if you've never seen it on TV or whatnot, you can tell exactly where the bear is by the yips of the dog. Mm. You know, the howls. You can tell how far, and you can tell when they trim them. You can tell when they got them all surrounded, and they're ready for you to come get them. And it's a cool thing. To Does see the bear you, you ever just maul the dog? Like, if I'm a bear well, and I got a little quartered. dog chasing after me barking, I might just like, you know, backhand him and and. Uh, Bears can like, they can kill a seal with one swipe, you know? Easy. Uh, oh, yeah. And uh, I, I'm only thinking that because I was listening, I'm listening to this audiobook about the Arctic and they're talking about polar bears and how powerful they are and how they can like flip a, flip a, or just chuck a 400 pound seal up in the air or, you know, just knock their head off with one swipe kind of deal. And just like the raw power of a bear claw is insane. So like oh, a little, man, yes. with a little dog like that chasing him, yipping and annoying his shit, I imagine the bear's just like, motherfucker, pow, and just smack him down. That never happens. Well, there's power in numbers, brother, man. But by, by the time the first dog sees him, the bears are usually skittish enough to oh. try to cr- climb, tr- climb a tree and get away from them. They and probably, by that time, all the, all the other 10 dogs are there, too. Well, the bear you know probably I mean? knows, too, the dogs are connected to man, and they have a rightful fear of man. So they're just like, oh, all these loud little bastards are, are bringing men to me. And they're just like, shut up, shut up, man. Fucking shut up. Stop barking. You're going to bring man to me. Like, come on. You know? And that's it's also the whole like idea, the raccoon. Man. It's like the <laughs> raccoon principle, too, right? Like, if raccoons know that we're scared of them, people are scared of them. So, like, they will you know, start to encroach on us. And, and they're like, Oh, okay. That motherfucker runs when I start stepping towards him, mm-hmm. you know, and, and th- it, it appears the raccoon feels like he, he has nothing to lose. So you're like, Oh shit, he's got nothing to lose. I'm going to get the fuck out. And maybe it's the same with the bear slash dog. Maybe, you know, the bear looks at it and is like, Oh shit, he's going to. Yeah. Me. <laughs> well, a lot of times that's why if you're going to go bear hunting with a bow and arrow, it's, you're generally safer having the dogs. Cause you only take the shot when the bear's already in the tree. Uh, you know what I mean? There's really nowhere else for him to go. Okay. And mm. when he's all the way up the tree, all scared, you shoot him with the bow and arrow and he falls down and all the dogs attack him, you know, and oh. it's, it's a crazy sight, right? Like that. But uh, on yeah. a gentle, on a gentle hunt, that's how it usually happens. But once in a while, that like sounds really gentle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is until you have to hike 12 miles out it's of there. downright you know? sweet. I'm sure the bear would not choose that adjective for the experience. Damn bear. So what, what does bear meat taste like? I, I've never actually eaten. it's good. Is it? I've you never tried ever it. had it. Uh-uh. Have yeah. you guys ever had have you guys ever had buffalo burgers? Yeah. Yeah. It's really mm-hmm. dry just, and lean. I yes, like them. It is, but imagine that exact meat, but juicy and very greasy. Mm. 
You know what I mean? All right. And that's what that's what bear is. Bear is very greasy and very tough, like a buffalo, but it's really, really good and tasty. All right. And you'll love it. But there's many ways to mess it up too. So I would, you guys would be better off just finding somebody who does that as like a hobby or a living, or whatever, and let them do it for you. Don't try to do it yourself. You know what I mean? You mean going out? Yeah, don't so. try treeing a bear and shooting it with a bow and arrow myself. <laughs> No, cooking the meat. Oh, cooking oh, oh! Meat. I'm just like, yeah, that's, that's probably a pretty safe. Yeah, no, bet. cooking the meat is the dangerous thing, not hunting the the bear, Mike. Yeah, yeah, You're not fine trying that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I, I have a buddy who smokes stuff professionally, and oh. uh, he'll smoke whatever. He'll smoke anything you want, but he keeps half of whatever you give him. That's his payment. Ah, shit! That's know? what my weed dealer does too. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh man! Yeah, I got to imagine Ten- Tennessee must have a really good vine of. Uh, Sticky icky out there, huh, Daryl? Uh, well, you got laws here that are like very uh, authoritarian. So oh. it's here. It's here. You got to find it, you know, but you got to have like an inside source. Is it not yeah. recreationally legal in Tennessee yet? Oh, no. Dude. No, this will probably be one of the last states, yeah. What's with the freaking. What's with the knuckle yeah. dragon? Like, get with it's, the times, very, dude. Like, how it's many. very conservative. How many uh, states you know, are even left that I, don't have recreational marijuana? <laughs> exactly. I thought Three? there was any left. Or just yours. <laughs> I I would I am like praying every night like please open up this glory hole of weed for me <laughs> dear sweet little uh, baby Jesus <laughs> my sweet little baby <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. okay so yeah, is it we, at we least like guys, medicinally right? legal where there are dispensaries that you can buy it under the pretense of you know needing it for medical reasons no nope. it's not even medically legal no you have wow, to be no, the like last state. Yeah, it's close to it. I think. Wow. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I know. I think wow. Georgia it might be medical, medically legal, but like, oh yeah, not. Georgia. Yeah. yeah, no, they're no. they're. Yeah, yeah, no, they're they're definitely up there. I'd imagine like Alabama or Arkansas would be one of those last of the Mohican states with you, just holding tight to, um, you know, treating it like a drug and stuff. Oh, mm-hmm. dude, that's crazy, dude. Speaking of drugs, okay, uh, Canada is. Um, trying out some shit they've tried in other like european countries with pretty damn good success by the way um where canada or at least in the british columbia province of or province of canada they're decriminalizing hard drugs and it's like a three-year experiment or something so they're doing this like decriminalization act for hard drugs for three years to test the social uh, benefits or whatever well literally dude like decriminalizing heroin uh, uh, what is it, dude? Fentanyl was one of them. Like, oh god, really? Like that seems like a bad idea. But literally, I got mixed feelings about like that. Co- yeah. Cocaine and crack, and everything, everything, dude. Yeah, coke, crack, speed. Yeah, those are all the common hard drugs. But you know, um, yeah, dude, everything. And um, it's obviously, uh, you can't distribute. You can't like be on a school or in a childcare place with it or any of those like reasonable restrictions. But just an adult over eighteen can possess up to <laughs> I think it's like three or four grams of any of these hard drugs um legally you can't sell it um you know selling it still distribution or whatever but you can have it you can walk around with fucking heroin in your pocket cops find it and go like all right well uh have a good day eh Um, (laughs) i think there's a coordinated takedown of the fabric of society that's happening right now wait are you saying there's Um, a conspiracy here oh there is a conspiracy (laughs) here absolutely are you guys gonna go to a byon party what? You guys gonna go to a BYON, bring your own needle? 
Oh. oh. <laughs> no, I like the ones where you yeah, share. I'm, on I'm a comedian. I'm a community guy. Like I'm a social oh, person. Yeah. I like to share my needles. Conservator. Yeah. 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 No, I, I mean I, I am libertarian in the sense that I, I don't care what you do. Like Yeah. I'm surprised in, you're in not all about this. Like, yeah, adults, well, consenting no, no, adults I, with gen- personal use. Like I said, generally I, I am about this. I am about just victimless crimes. Like do not they I don't really think that they should be um convicted like uh and thrown in jail or whatever for the but, rest of their lives uh. yeah i'm but the thing is is that like i really do think like there has been a tear in the th- fabric of society of defunding the police and actually um releasing convicted felons back into there's been a quick revolving door in a lot of these major cities about releasing major felons back into society and they're committing some heinous crimes and i feel yeah. like there's a plan this is planned because a lot of the secretary of states that are doing that or attorney generals i should say that are promoting things like that are soros backed you know offshore huh. i don't care who who it is but somebody that's offshore is is dictating to those attorney generals institute this and one of those things is actually a planned uh campaign if you ask me in my opinion of uh trying to tear the fabric of our society and and cause disruption and and pain uh in our country well and couldn't that be similar to like the, i don't know all the details but like the experiment back in the 60s or whatever where the government basically just started distributing lsd to young kids to see what happened um sure this has gone on many times yeah, yeah oh yeah absolutely. yeah totally so i mean that's just one that's like very well documented yeah. i'm not mm-hmm. super knowledgeable about it but it's even been admitted i mean it's like it's not even like a conspiracy it's just like oh yeah that happened yeah. and uh they basically just like put agents into the cool scene in san francisco or berkeley or whatever and started distributing lsd to kids and tracked the effects <laughs> yeah, and and the, and the destruction of the African American communities, like they literally have been the recipient of so many uh, negatively socially engineered programs, like the phrase <laughs> African American. Oh. <laughs> oh, did you, is that what you caught? Co- did you uh, copy that or did you know the time that I see you like know the time when I said that? Because I saw a little smile and you like, no, 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 because pulled out a pencil. I'm a smart ass, and right? it's like, oh, um, uh, like a, a social conspiracy. Um, or, or I forgot how you phrased it, but it made, it made me think like, oh, I, and just like the term African-American is like one of these contrived kind of things that we attach to, um, black people who just call themselves black people. I don't know any black people that call themselves African-Americans, but I'm a white guy, so I can't say that. It's true. And it's like, I I know I'm not going to get lynch mobbed if I say African-American. I don't know. You're in Tennessee. I'd I'd be careful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're all over the place here. We have a lot of black people here. Oh man, yeah, you know it could also be like a little Not. like a diversion, like the back end of this whole ploy for Canada. Let all the druggies out and let them find like who their main source of suppliers are and, you know, backdoor them that way. Well, wait, wait, wait. So they're not talking about like letting people out of jail for drug offenses. This is basically like a, an, uh, an attempt to stem overdoses and addiction and make people who use drugs and have problems for personal use. That's why it's limited at like three or four grams. It's not, you can't have a pound because then you're, you're obviously not just a user, you're a distributor and you're part of the problem. But this is for people who do heroin. It's like an acceptance of reality. Like, Hey, making it illegal obviously doesn't stop these guys from doing heroin. 
Um, so if we make it legal, or, or sorry, they're not making it legal. They're decriminalizing it. So it's not legal. They're just saying, we're not going to put you in jail for having a few grams of, of heroin in your pocket, which makes it way easier for that person to seek help. Um, and then try rehab and then relapse and then try rehab again, but at least like be less of a social outcast or a potential, uh, criminal for being a drug user. Um, so, and they've had pretty good success with that particular part of the problem, like, like reducing overall overdoses, um, having users like go to the hospital for help, um, because now they're not going to go to jail when it's like, Hey, I'm a heroin addict and I need help. Like, Oh really? All right. Well, why don't you go next door to the police department first? Um, <laughs> you know, so you're not a criminal anymore for using, you're just a person with a problem. And so they're testing that as a way to identify and treat people to reduce overdoses to reduce all the bad things that come along with drugs um not just like jail time or or criminal criminal acts connected to drugs um but just trying to i think reduce use by making it less i don't know uh of an outcast thing i think is the idea yeah i think so and I, I think not- canada's gone full-blown uh communist they're going full-blown communist with the 15-minute cities and um, well, it, i i don't isn't decriminalizing like a, a libertarian thing like communists would be well, telling no, you what is. you can and can't do this is like hey you're consenting adults you do drugs like oh, we're gonna lock you up but we'll make programs available to you that's that yeah but pretty... you can't you can't bring in uh change unless you destroy what's there already so like i do think that destruction is in their path and they are trying to cause as much disruption as possible. It's the the concept that they say is uh, order out of chaos. And, um, you know, th- these are things that you should be seeing on the nightly news. Uh, but, like, I can't sit here and listen to this without kind of giving you my insight on that subject. Because, uh, you know, Trudeau, when he's, you know stop their bank accounts from the the freedom convoy that the truckers that trucked all the way to uh whatever city that was um, oh because they didn't they didn't want to get vaccinated and they were gonna they were vaccinated that was a weird way to say it but they didn't want to get vaccinated (laughs) we're gonna lose their jobs right yeah and they still can't leave the country unless they get vaccinated and they can't come back in the country unless they're vaccinated so they're they're i mean that's communism that is saying you your body is not yours You cannot come into this country unless you do what you're to your body, what we tell you, you must do. And it's all good now. You know, I mean, if you whichever side of the the fence you land on on the vaccine is, you know, whichever side. But let's say that there comes out something new that they say, well, this one is going to cure all diseases in your body. You must take it. This is and and the media stands behind it and says, you got to do it. Uh, guess what if you're not on board you know yeah you might be promoting this one but the next one like you might know that it will kill you and you're gonna be forced to take it because you're supporting a policy that says i support a policy where mandates people you must take the vaccine in order to fly an airplane well i guess my thought with this drug thing with their experiment to, to not criminalize people for personal possession and use uh is a uh, British Columbia might be a kick-ass place to take a vacation during that three-year period. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean... That's uh, a good point. Are, yeah. are there any drugs that you would try if it wasn't a criminal act? Like, I've never had the desire to try heroin. That one's always scared me. I've never known anyone that's mm-hmm. done heroin. I've never seen heroin. Um, I've seen and tried quite a few drugs. Um, and uh, 
That one has 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 uh, it's it's passed me by. Like I've never seen it. I've never came across it at a party. No one's ever offered it to me. I've never sought it out, and I'm cool with that. I would never ever want to try heroin. Um, and that's why I, I'm the same way with speed, man. Yeah. All my friends were on speed and crack, and because all of them were, I didn't have to because I saw what it did to them. Man, who are you hanging out so, with? All my friends are on speed and crack. Uh, as a matter of fact, all, all my friends are your friends, Mike. Yeah, so. I don't remember anyone about cracked out, but. Well, no, there's a couple that come to mind if you remember uh, not too long in the distant past, if ah, you will. Ah. And in the name of Ryan. Oh, I do remember <laughs> uh, a. Um, a enterprising group of young gents who were just trying to score some, you know, nice uh, upper societal cocaine and uh, happened to score it from a dude we knew from high school, hadn't seen in a long time and uh, gave us a little pouch, gave him some money, drove away. And then those enterprising young gents looked inside the pouch and went, hey, wait a minute, that's not cocaine. And uh, it was a big rock of crack. <laughs> and and aforementioned group Wait. of young men were like, well, what do we do now? We don't want this, you know? <laughs> man, that's, like, that's a tough situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, that, that's like back, back in high school when you spent your last 20 bucks on the little dime sack and it turned out to be oregano or something. Stupid. Oh, has that ever happened You're to just, you, dude? You got... Uh, they happened, remember... Mike, you and I back in high school, remember we found that article about real weed from the High Times magazine? And you and I actually got our money together and we ordered a an eighth of this real weed. It's supposed to be fake weed, but it had like it gave you the effects of THC, but it wasn't THC. Wow. But you and I were all intrigued about it, so we ordered it, we got it in, and it looked like weed, but it smelled like shit, you know? And <laughs> we're like, We gonna we're gonna try this? I'm like, Well, you first <laughs> and you did it and you about puked, you know. Oh, so yuck. I didn't touch it at all. Wow. Yeah, is that a time when you guys had never had weed before? Or is that pre-weed, Mike? Oh, no. Rick, we were, or? like, shopping in the back of high times. I'm oh. sure we were well into our uh, oh, oh, stony right, years. Yeah. Oh, sure. yeah. That, that's, Remember, that's when the, the gas mask was the bong of the month. Oh, you know? the, gra- the grass mask. Yeah. <laughs> the grass mask was the bong of the month back yeah, then. Yeah, that's right, dude. <laughs> I nebulized my weed. <clears throat> Ooh, wow. Fancy. Yeah. Oh, man. But, you know, oh. it's funny, too, though, because Derek, Derek was saying it's all illegal and stuff still in Tennessee. I got people knocking on my door asking me to buy weed from them. You know? And I, wow. And like, yeah. They're just like, I can't get, I can't get rid of it. Like, everyone's got plenty. I, I I can't find anyone who wants to buy this. You know, and, dude, and, and uh, uh, it's amazing, too. It sounds like an old guy thing to say. Like, back in our day, we used to smoke tire stick. <laughs> but. Like what the weed we used to get was the swaggiest, dirtiest, stinkiest, yeah. compressed Mexican dirt brick weed. Mexican dirt weed. Yeah, yeah I mean it was so it, gross, right? and it would come off in layers. Like it wasn't even buds or nuggets. <laughs> it was just like these flattened, pressed layers that you peeled off from yep. this like broken off brick yeah. of shit. And it was half With seeds. half seeds and sticks, and and uh, you'd you'd put yeah. it all, you'd get you'd get this compressed little chunk of shit and put it on a paper plate and break it all up and hold the paper plate. <laughs> at a slight tilt so all the seeds would roll down and, and with your uh, credit card sifting through yeah them. yeah yeah how long that would take like the the process of of oh, de-seeding this crap weed was dude and then you'd end up with you know like a third of what you had being trash and uh your fingers were all like worn out and sticky and 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 gross from digging through it all like man that was crap weed and now wow um, yeah. Sometimes yeah. I'm sad that I don't smoke anymore because you see what exists and you're just like, whoa, that's like showroom quality. Like, damn, is that even real? These furry, yeah, back in the day, crystally spiry nuggets. Was... <laughs> and back in the day, we only had two kinds of weed. It was swag or chronic. Oh, oh dude. Know? And then you got the really awesome opportunity to buy some red hair. 
Ooh, remember that? that makes you stupid. Yeah, that like mid grade. <laughs> Ooh, mid grade. It was like, yeah, it's not quite yeah, chronic. It's not quite yeah, swag. It's right. mid grade. It's mid grades. Yeah, mid grade would be. Yeah. Hey, you imagine if you had a bag of mid grade right now, you'd be like, that is absolute trash. That's like an owl pellet. Like I don't want that at all. Yeah. Not you had one all. that looked like an owl pellet before. Uh, it was the trippiest weed I've ever seen. It was white. Do you remember that? Oh. Like we were smoking it at Chris's house. It was like a pure white bud, and I think you called it like Canadian Underground. Or oh, something. okay, White Frost know. or something. Madaduskin like, Thunderfuck. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They have such cool <laughs> names. They really did. I like the names of a White Widow, Trainwreck, Sour Diesel. Do you buy yeah. stuff in a store now, Ricky, or how do you get your? Uh, well, look, well, yeah, I, I do have a dispensary next to my house. That I'm kind of keen with, you know, they, uh, but I'll tell you what, man, it, it's so weird. Like out here, I live in orange County and orange County, it costs like 120 bucks for about, I would say 14 grams of the best stuff you can get. Right. All right. And I go, I go to Lake Elsinore, which is like an hour drive from me where my brother lives and he has dispensaries all over his place too. So I go to one of theirs. I got a, a full ounce of really decent stuff for $82. Wow. You know what Stop I mean? It. And oh. it's like, why, why the hell is it so expensive in Orange County? Well, then? rent oh is God. super high. I mean, the dispensaries are, are having to pay astronomical amounts in rent. And, yes. you know, I mean, you guys are a bunch of rich whiteys running around Orange County. They can yeah. stick it to you. You know, they're just like, eh, fuck this oh. guy. You, you can afford it. Well, I'm a poor whitey, dude. I'm not a rich whitey. Well, dude, you know, you know so. yeah. You're masquerading. You're yeah. in Orange County. You know, masquerading. You're... Yeah. <laughs> now, I really wish I had a green thumb. I want to grow it, but I just don't have the, I don't know, the patience or the knowledge uh, or whatever. Dude, you, you don't even it. have to anymore. You can go into uh, any of these like stores that sell grow equipment and buy like a full on system that's like an enclosed refrigerator essentially that does it all for you it's all set with timers and programming and all you got to do is just basically like plug it in you know what i mean like it comes with instructions <laughs> it's it's not even fair anymore like you can grow the most insane space tank uh automatically you don't have to do hydroponic anything. too like oh, where yeah. you, they just like you pour the nutrients in the water and it just sucks from the water. That's that's what I would do if I, I don't have the balls to do it because it's a felony here. Like wow. I don't, you know. Here it's yeah, totally it's a, legal. Yeah. You can grow up to what four or eight plants now in California. Oh, uh, well, if you have a culti- if you have a cultivating license, you could have ninety nine plants. Oh, I mean, just dude, yeah, just not a license. I'm not pretending to be a grower. I'm just like a guy well, who not likes a license to grow weed. Eight, yeah, it's eight plants. Eight you're plants. Allowed to yeah. Have a yeah, and you're only allowed to produce like I think it was a. Uh, two pounds a year or something like How that. How do they but manage you, that? Like, okay, I know. Who, that's first, my question. Who's coming in wow. to count my plants? And B, who's coming in every <laughs> season to inspect my yield? Like, that's not happening. <laughs> Amen to that, dude. I don't know how that how they work that at all. <laughs> that's so funny. Um, oh man, yeah, that sucks but, for you, Derek. You know, right I, I feel I for like, you, man. That's uh, you don't want to risk yeah. a felony, you know? No, yeah, I can't risk it. I have a daughter, you know what I mean? There's no, I can't do that. Yeah. Yeah, you you got, know, I'll go down you got a misdemeanor any day. Wow. You got yeah, plenty to too lose. Much, yeah, too much to lose on that one. Yeah. I mean, don't get me. And I, I found a seed recently and I'm like, wow, if I find a seed, you know, nowadays, if you find a seed, that's like very <laughs> that's, precious. Like it's, that's like a that's, speck of gold. Uh, that's such a funny observation. Yeah. Cause we're talking about like back when seed was just trash, it was, it was like wasted weight. It was trash weight, you know? And, uh, yeah. you got tons of them. And then now, yeah. When you're digging through one of these like crystally fluffy pillow nuggets and you find a seed, you're like, Oh dude, oh. you can't just throw that in the trash can. You can't $10. just, yeah, you can't just bucks. yeah, drop in the toilet. Like, no yeah. dude, are you kidding me? Like that's a uh-huh. genetically perfect 
uh, miracle of science. Like you can't not throw that in in the dirt. <laughs> no, it's like talking yeah. to you telepathically. Like, yeah. Hey, oh, dude, you know what you're gonna do with me later? I mean, yeah. You're in certain states, you might somewhere. be like convicted of murder for you know just throwing that seed in the toilet yeah. i remember back in the day when i was getting my swag weed when you call it i had a really cool black guy his name was shannon anyway he was selling me you know my dirt weed right and i, I had to spend like you said it was like an hour to prep it to get the seeds and stems out so oh, you yeah. can have a good time right yeah. and so i go back to shannon i'm like hey bro I know you, you don't care and all, but my my sack, look at the sack, dude. It's like mainly stems and seeds, bro. Really? And he gave me the greatest answer any drug dealer could ever give you, you know, when you come to him with a, a complaint like that. He's like, look, Rick, that's how I bought it. I had to buy the, the, the stems and seeds, so I got to sell it with stems and seeds, you know? You're like, ah, touche. Like, that's a really good point, Shannon. You have yourself a great day, sir. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Shannon was such a cool dude. Do you remember him, Derek? Yeah, I do. Yep. Yeah, he's oh, a really yeah, cool guy. He is a cool. Wow. He's one of the coolest African Americans I know, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we can't just be a cool guy. <laughs> well, you know we're all the African Americans. Yeah, he's good. <laughs> oh man. Oh, dude. So I won't even tell any black jokes today. It's cool. I won't. Oh, that's nice of you to restrain yourself. I like that. You'll just throw out yeah. throw out kike right at the uh, opening two minutes. Yeah, fuck the Jewish bastards. Fuck those guys. Oh, my dude. God. Yeah. Rick's a Jew. Just saying. Rick's a Jew. Don't, yeah, Rick don't is hate Jewish. us. Yes. It's not us. It does not I'm reflect a, on me. Oh, man. Yeah. A self-hating don't Jew. Don't worry. There's not going to be a lightning cloud coming from the sky to get you. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got man. my Jewish pass from, from Rick here. I'm okay. I didn't say that. Okay. Hey, you guys You guys, You guys. guys want to hear a couple dad jokes real quick? Ah, shit, sure. man. Yeah. I'm a, yeah. <laughs> What's worse than having ants in your pants? Uncles. Bah. <laughs> that is worse. Or, that is good. <laughs> or this uh, this one guy goes to the library and he, you know he's uh looking at the Guinness Book of Records and he found his his penis was in the Guinness Book of Records, and then the librarian came over and told him to stop doing that. <laughs> 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 oh my god, dude! Oh, well, there's shit. one guy's one guy's in the doctor's office, and the doctor comes in and says, "Hey, bro, if I figured out you have to stop masturbating." And the guy's like, "Why is it hurting me? What's going on?" He's like, "No, I got to examine you real quick." Oh, <laughs> yuck, yuck! All right, that's it. Go ahead, go ahead. That's oh my god! Oh my god! Going further and further into the gay. Uh, you got any more <laughs> into the gay? Gay realm. Come on, you got one more gay one. Well, I got I got jokes. So the one liners at, at, at the present moment, not the top of my head, I guess. But uh, the king of one liners yeah, is all. Hey, take my wife, please. <laughs> <laughs> I took her to a dog show. She won. <laughs> I take her everywhere. She keeps finding her way home. <laughs> right. Oh, dude. So okay. Uh, so I got your guys' opinions on Canada oh. decriminalizing drugs. I want your opinion on this. Okay, Glasgow, Scotland is testing out something they call the um, Managed Alcohol Program. And, oh, hold on one sec. My fucking computer's going to die. Uh-oh. Damn computer. All right. Okay, my bad. Nothing All right. Simple. So, Glasgow, Scotland is testing out this, um, what I call it? Oh, the Managed Alcohol Program. And it's basically... Uh, treating homeless alcoholics by giving them alcohol every day. Like, what a, what a great solution. Just be like, hey, you know how you, like, mm. solve this alcohol problem? Like, just give them alcohol. And uh, <laughs> I love Scotland. 
Um, but okay, so there's actually there's actually like thought behind it, but it makes for a funny punchline. Um, so what they're doing is they're giving them uh, minimal incremental amounts of alcohol so they don't like get inebriated and cause problems, but also so they keep enough alcohol in their bloodstream to prevent them from, you know, I don't know, going into withdrawals or seizures and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah all, all the side effects that alcoholics go through when they're not when they don't have any alcohol. So I guess they, their, their measured amount is one drink every two hours and it's like a five ounce pour. So Mm. they've literally got windows where they're pouring like beer and wine and alcoholic homeless dudes line up and they're just pouring them drinks every two hours. And, uh, it's, uh, it's having a lot of success, like a lot of success. Like they're they're overwhelmed with with how well it's doing and and how well the participants are responding. I'm not surprised. They ask a homeless guy, "What do you think of this?" He's like, "It's fucking great." <laughs> but uh, it's 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 working well. Like, what do you think of that, dude? What do you think about like homeless alcoholics um, just lining up for not the bread line but the booze line? Well, a managed well, alcohol program map is it's pretty much a harm reduction strategy that provides controlled amounts of alcohol to people with severe alcohol dependence who are not responded to the traditional abstinence-based treatments, Mike. Oh, oh, thanks, Derek. Yeah, <laughs> you're welcome. Ah, okay. okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And, and MAP, participants typically receive a pre-measured amount of alcohol, like you were saying, at regular intervals throughout the day, usually in the form of a beverage such as wine or beer. The program also provides other supportive services such as housing, medical care, and counseling. Oh. Um, oh, so, so it's, it's like, all around. we'll not yeah. just give you booze, we'll give you a house, and we'll treat, and we'll give you medicine, and we'll give you a drink every two hours. Like, fuck, mm-hmm. I'm moving there. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, I want to be homeless. <laughs> what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be homeless in Glasgow. I want to be a junkie in, yeah. Glasgow. in Glasgow. I don't, I don't know, you know, or like, or Santa Monica. Being a homeless guy there would be pretty cool too. I don't know if they allow you to stay in Santa Monica if you're homeless, but it would be a nice place to be homeless. Well, I'll tell you, I, if, I, if I was there, I would be scared of the other homeless in Santa Monica. Well, There's, you stay clear of that. That's my biggest fear about being homeless is the other homeless. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, if, if you're going to be homeless, all you got to do is panhandle long enough to get yourself a ticket to Hawaii, dude. And you can live a long and healthy oh, life as a homeless guy oh. in Hawaii, bro. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, you know? dude, that's the place to be homeless, Hawaii. Amen. Yeah, they don't have a, they don't have a winter. They don't have, like, a, a season change, you know? You so, know, I was surprised. Yeah. When I was in Maui, uh, there are a lot of homeless people just camping out in little, like, you know, canvas tent shelters on the side of the road and... And uh, not exactly picturesque, but I was thinking that too. Like, huh? That's eh, like a hell of a place to be homeless. Really is, and you know, tell you everybody's nice too. Like, even the homeless in Hawaii are, are nice. You know, they're just old surfers that don't want to work. They just want to live and live off the land. You know, so like a bunch of my friends over in Maui. I mean, not a bunch. Don't get me wrong, but I got a couple of homeless friends that just they live on a certain beach, and we go party at that beach because that's where all the good weed is. You know, so nice. Uh, we go to that beach and party, and those guys come up and party with us. And we always have a barbecue going, so we always just feed them, and they always they're taken care of. You know, that's yeah. what I'm saying. It's, well, it's smart. They, they know how to how to live. It's smart because like most people who are in Hawaii are there on vacation, or there's at least a very um, Hawaiian attitude about everything. So people are going to be less stingy. It's more relaxed, and it's more just like, hey man, can I have like half your sandwich? Like, oh here, sure, homeless guy. Like you can have half my sandwich. I'm in a great mood. I'm in Hawaii. What's what could, what could be wrong? Yeah. You know? 
Exactly. As not, not only that, like there's been times where you're sitting on the boardwalk of like Lahaina and you're having like your cheeseburger and fries like everybody else is. And the homeless people are walking by and people will flag them down just to give them their food off their plate or buy them a meal. Or, yeah. you know, just, people are just different in Hawaii. Huh. The culture is different. You know yeah. What sometimes I, mean? I think that like I'll be in some really shithole city like, um, uh, Hemet or something. And, uh, <laughs> You're driving through Hemet and you see a homeless guy sleeping on the sidewalk down there and you're just like, why are you here, bro? Like, can you walk a little bit? Like, walk somewhere nicer. I mean, if you're just going to sleep on the side of the sidewalk, like, why not sleep somewhere better than Hemet? Yeah, no kidding, dude. Hemet is a shithole in California. Maybe both your legs are broken and it's really hard to walk a few miles. Like, okay, all right. But there has to be some of you who can walk. Like, why are all of you homeless in Hemet? I think I think they also have like some type of uh, religious programs or kind of like um, spiritual guidance programs where they pull people that are homeless out from the city and they'll have like a, a a ranch or something where people will go homeless people will go and they'll try to get back on their feet. Um, like I was Hammett, roommate with like in Hemet. You yeah, mean like, like there's like a homeless ranch in Hemet? Could be. I know huh. there's one in uh, Paris uh, because uh, my old roommate Lou was homeless for like two years and that's what he did. He ended up hooking up with a, some religious ranch or whatever. And he went out there and, you know, they're severely, um, God fearing, you know, so like, you know, the attitude that you're in is a little bit strict, but you mean um, like like homeless or God fearing. I mean, I would be too, if you're exposed to the elements, I mean, you know, if every time it rained, you were outside, I'd be afraid of God too. Oh, yeah. amen to that. Yeah, yeah. The wrath is coming. <laughs> and you feel yeah. it all. Yeah. You really do. Yeah. And now, on your little point before, though, Mike, in Glasgow and some have you know, like they're, they're majorly like Russia, right? It's like always cold and snowy up there, right? Uh, no, it's in Scotland. They're they're majority drinking. Oh, Scotland. Yeah. Scotland, though. For some reason, I'm, think, I'm thinking like the Scandinavian countries. No, you no, say no. Glasgow? Scotland. No, beautiful green Scotland. And, uh, oh, okay, okay. you know, I mean, they're known for being heavy drinkers. You know, a lot of like yes. Scot- Scotch whiskey and all that kind of stuff. Like they can, they can drink in Scotland. So I imagine alcoholism is a pretty pervasive problem um as it is anywhere but probably especially in scotland and they found a pretty creative and cool way to kind of handle it you know and help people who are afflicted um while remaining very cool and very scottish that's a very scottish approach but okay i also read um (laughs) that i don't think they invented the idea of the managed alcohol program it did say in there briefly that they copied it from canada so it all comes back full circle to decriminalizing drugs in canada where i think canada did it first Canada was like, hey, well, we'll just give out some booze, eh? And uh, Scotland <laughs> Scotland was like, that's a fucking great idea. Like, we, we should have thought of that. Well, it's not like an Australian. That was, that was my best Scottish I love the accent. accent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was more Australian, <laughs> cunt. But, um... <laughs> uh, no, but I can actually support that, though, because it actually hits a little close to home, because I had a, one of my employees that goes to Hawaii with me. Well, he actually passed, you know, um, unfortunately, but... He had hepatitis too, you know, and uh, he had liver disease because he drank too much. Oh. And one day we're driving home from work and he looks at me all crazy and he's like, hey, bro, can we stop really? Do you have any alcohol in here? I'm like, don't you know who the heck you're talking to, right? Heck no, I don't have any alcohol. <laughs> he's, he's like, like rubbing alcohol, you got a cut or something? Or No, no, no. He's like, he's like, I need alcohol like right now, bro. Like right fucking now. I need alcohol right now. And he's spazzing out like really bad, right? So I'm like, Whoa. holy fuck, hold on. So I, I pulled over to a liquor store really quick, you know, because he looked like he was really getting antsy. 
And I ran in there to get like a couple of those little like one shots of whiskeys of Jack Daniel little shots, you know? Yeah. And by the time I come by the time I come out, he's foaming out the mouth in my passenger seat and fucking seizing and Shit. you know, fucking convulsing and I, he pissed his pants and everything. Like I had to call the ambulance to come and get him and everything. And uh, the ambulance guy was like, the ambulance guy's like, yeah, he, he should have had some alcohol on him for something like this. Cause it keeps mm. it at bay when he starts to get that feeling. Good God. You know, and, uh, wow. So I do, I know exactly what you're, ta- what all you're right. talking so, about. So, so all joking aside, here. like it, I mean, it, it probably is a great idea to have a program like this to keep people who can't seek uh, medical care or afford alcohol when they need it. Um, you know, to much, keep them from, yeah. you know, foaming and seizing and peeing and yikes that's that's scary yeah but you know what though it's like it's a double-edged sword because these guys have so much of a problem they're not going to cure it they don't care they just want to drink until they're dead and all the pain's over with you know what i mean and, yeah or even if they like, want to stop you, they can't right yeah you're too addicted now you know yeah, that sucks and so, and so it sucks but like so somebody like me who doesn't drink at all like and i'm homeless let's say like there was an instance back in, uh, in, when I was a kid, I could not sleep in the snow and I'm crying like a little bitch because I'm so cold. And my dad forced me to drink this fucking blackberry brandy. And I was so toasty warm the rest of the night. It was uneven. Like, <laughs> thank God for blackberry brandy is all I got to say. Wow. And it kept, it kept me warm all night long. So that's why I was asking, like, is it cold and snowy up there all the time? I think because it's, I think it it's pretty cold warm. in Scotland, but you know, not like, not like Russia cold or, uh, not like Russia cold, but alcohol, like keeps you, alcohol keeps you warm, you know? Huh. So well, if you're myth busters, myth busters did a myth bust on that, and uh, I did think they? it actually pulls the heat from your extremities, and then, yeah, it does <coughs> oh, bring so, it more towards oh. the center of your body, but it's not that it makes you warmer, but your extremities are actually more at risk. Oh, of uh, frostbite uh, and if stuff I like remember, that? Yeah, if I remember correctly huh. about alcohol. But you'd be less likely well, to die if the if, if your body is warmer, you're less likely to die, but if your extremities are colder, they're more likely to freeze and break off. Yeah. All right. Gotcha. Well, I mean, that if it comes down to dying yes. or losing a finger, I guess you choose to lose a finger. Except when your name's Amen. finger, that you don't want to lose the finger. Yeah. Yeah, there's only so many of us you can lose, man. <laughs> yeah, there's only five finger kids. <laughs> you can't have the last name finger, and I have five kids. You know? What I no, mean? that's that's pretty much yeah. required. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Good thing my brother is the middle finger. You know what I mean? So, hey, Derek, look up, um, look up managed alcohol programs. Is this like a thing that a lot of places have done, like with a lot of success? Because I just the thing I read was just limited to the Glasgow experiment, but sounds like it's already gone on in Canada, and maybe it's bigger than than uh, maybe it's like just a thing. You know, I don't know. Well, I mean, maps have been implemented in various settings, including shelters, uh, supportive housing, healthcare facilities, and have been found to be effective reducing alcohol and related harms. Oh, um, that's all I got. Okay. Oh, good to know. Oh, that's nice. Uh, nice you to want me to that. find out where? No, nah, yeah. that's, that's probably good enough. You know, yeah. No, this that little tidbit off the top of yeah. your head was was fulfilling. Thank you. Thank you for sharing yeah, that. And we yeah. should probably call them maps from now on. Oh. I think that's a culturally appropriate yeah. term to use. Yeah, yeah. Maps. We should we should just mm-hmm. become familiar with the term and, and use the acronym is is more efficient. Yeah. In Canada, <laughs> maps are primarily located in urban areas and some cities with maps include Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary, Ottawa, and Toronto. Oh. In the United States, maps are less common to be found in such critical cities, uh, but they're in like Seattle and San Francisco. And Hammett. Hemet. Hemet. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not in Hemet. 
Well, uh, Hemet, Hemet and Lake Paris, that's just the dirt hole of California right there, man. Oh, man. dude. Uh, it really is, dude. If you're a loser at all, you live in Hemet or Lake Paris. <laughs> man. Or Fontucky, Fontana. Is Fontana has here. actually, I mean, it, kinda... it always has been that kind of armpit of the IE, um, which is like an armpit of an armpit, but... Uh, Rialto, Fontana, yeah. You know, like Fontana has really come a long way. They've done a lot of housing developments and schools out there and stuff. I don't think it's quite the uh, joke that it used to be. Still, you know, it's no Beverly Hills, but no. Um, it's no Fontana either. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, like like when we were younger, remember how gangs dominated the entire streets of everything? You know what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, like nowadays, I can't even find a gang to save my life. Dude. Like, are, are they even around anymore? I don't know. Are you looking? You looking to join one or something? Or? I am. I'm look. I'm looking. I'm looking for them. I really. Well, you're in I Orange see County, the, dude. I see you're not the... in Corona anymore. You're like That's Circle true. City. I mean, that Circle City is like, yeah, you stay within that circle, you're pretty much in gang territory, right? Rick's going to like fourth, a... the Eighth Street. Rick's looking around Orange County well, for a group of thugs. You're going to come like, up on oh, some well. some cluster of metros like hanging out, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, in Huntington you're... Beach and I don't see any gangs out here. Yeah, What's oh man, on? it's like, hey fellas, what do you guys do? It's like we eat vegan. That's what we do. That's our gang. <laughs> We're against We're me. vegans. Yeah, we're a surfing right. gang. Whoa! All right. Yeah, but but you know, like back in high school though, everywhere you look, you see a cluster of gang gang bangers, you know, and like they're dominating the streets all around the schools and the you know whatever, like the bars and stuff, and. You just don't see that anymore. It's like dwindling away a little. Like there's still taggers and graffiti artists I see all the time. Oh, but, thank God. Yeah, thank God they're still there. Huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, as far as like all the gangsters ruining, all, like running all like the. You remember like CVL, the Corona Vario Locos when uh-huh. we were growing up. Yep. You couldn't go down. You couldn't go three blocks without seeing a gangster walking up and down the street. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. The CVLs and, were very you, present. They were well, how, very present. How, yeah. how would you identify them? Is it the strut that they do? Yeah, the hat. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the hardcore Mexican. Like, they wear the flannels with just the button-up top oh, button. Oh, right, and they have of the, course. They have mm. the belt buckle that say CVL and, yeah. you know, like, the, just the way they hold the bandana, whatever they do, you know what I mean? And yeah, the you, socks up like, to their knees. Yeah, yeah. like, you didn't you didn't walk down 4th Street as, as like, a, a 13-year-old <laughs> white kid. Yeah, you just didn't do that. <laughs> he probably still don't do that, but still, you know, like you I don't just know, don't dude. see that much anymore. I, I I'm in Corona fairly often, and I'll drive through those older neighborhoods, and a lot of them are being bulldozed for big new tilt up warehouse developments. Um, and even the streets that are still there, uh, you don't see anyone of gang banging age. You see like old people. They they've all like grown up. I mean, some of the old people have tattooed necks and shit, but. Um, they don't, they're not, they're not, they're not banging like they used to be like, uh, uh, it doesn't well, seem it, to don't be, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. It's an awesome thing, bro. I don't want to see gangsters anyway, but I'm just, I just, I've noticed these things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I wonder what happened. I, yeah. Where they went. Maybe the, the original gangsters are just like teaching their kids. It's not cool to be a gangster. So they're not letting them do it anymore. You know? So maybe they're scared of COVID now. They're like, Oh, I don't want to go out and catch COVID. No, but I'll tell you what, COVID did screw up the world, man. Like, like for my personal life, I can't find anybody who wants to work. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm dying for mm. helpers, bro. I'm, I'm hiring mm. like crazy and no one wants to work. And the ones that we do find that want to work that don't know crap, they want like 30 bucks an hour to start or they're not doing it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like, wow. oh my God. Man. And that's going to cause, that causes inflation. Right? Well, it really because, does. But, the, but yeah. to go from 15 bucks an hour to demanding 30, not knowing crap, like... Man, what's the world coming to, man? Oh my God! Yikes! You know, it is. Yeah. It's tough, bro. It's like right now, like before COVID, 
my company had 17 technicians. After COVID, we have five. You know what I mean? And we can't get nobody to come back. You know, that they they all choose to be unemployed or tried to do a disabled too. Thing yeah, and I, just, I, I, and yeah, in 21, uh, there since 21, there's been 1.2 million disabled. And I, th I think a lot of people too, like, you know, I think about like my mom, when COVID happened, she decided, okay, I'm going to retire a little bit early now, you know? So I think there's like a bunch of things going yeah. on that just kind of melded together. Yeah. Yeah, but it, yeah. yeah. It really changed a lot in my industry. Let me tell you that. Maybe all the gangbangers went online. Like maybe now there's like these like super hardcore, uh, like chat groups. And shit. <laughs> they'll like they'll they'll they'll, tr they'll troll the shit out of you if you walk down their Facebook yeah. page or something like. Is it like that now or shit, man? Like I put an ad out in the paper the other day for uh, help, you know, and we can't get nobody, dude. Like, and plus, when most of the people find out like what we do and how we do it, it's intriguing, and then they try it for a couple few months. And they're like, yeah, I need a raise, bro. This is this isn't enough for me to keep doing this, you know. And we travel a lot. Like me personally, I put a thousand miles a week on my truck. You know what I mean? So wow, I'm driving a lot, but the money is yeah. good, you know. But nobody wants to just hang in there anymore and do it, you know. Like from millennial and and and, and like younger, everything's going to shit, man. I can't find anybody worth a damn at all, dude. It's weird. Weird, huh? Yeah, I, I look on the the site, um, the neighborhood app or whatever that's called, and like I see people doing saying the same thing. They're all looking for people to do some work, and then I saw one guy who was talking about like, you know, I quit my day job and I became a full time plumber, and now I make like three hundred thousand a year. Mm -hmm. Like, so there's there's like a massive opening in uh, the workforce for like these specialized skills, like that you have, you know, and like you said, you know, probably when you train this guy or whatever, they're going to be like, Oh shit, I could do this on my own. Make exactly a ton of money. Yeah. You know? So yeah. Uh, something like that, whenever we hire somebody, then that, that's a big deal. Or if they don't think of it themselves, the customer we send them to tries to hire them out from us, you know? So uh, of course it's a, it's a yeah. real dog eat dog world like that. So <laughs> we have to, when they sign on with us, we have to make them sign a non-repeat clause. So they can't just go out and open their own business and take our customers for the next five years. You know what I mean? And so yeah. it used to be yeah. a 10 year non-repeat clause, but now California, I think is a five year non-repeat clause. So huh. like I said, it's a dog eat dog world, man. And nobody wants to work anymore. It's just the world's going South on that note, you know? Yeah. Might be. yeah. Yeah. Well, well you could do enough. Like, I mean, so hiring people lets you scale out. Right. And then actually make more money because you're teaching somebody the trade uh -huh. and then they're making money for you. Uh -huh. So you're, you're really restricted on, on what the maximum of you can make. Right. Cause, because probably a lot of your skill is also in the, um, contractor, like you are kind of the general contractor. Is that how you no, describe no. yourself? I'm, I'm generally the subcontractor that work for general contractors. You know, oh, okay. so, so for example, DR Horton homes, they build houses for, you know, living. So uh -huh. DR Horton is the general and they hire subs like me to come in and do all the little stuff that they need done so they can sell the house. You know what I mean? So like, for example, yeah. I'll go work for DR Horton homes. I'm fixing all their bathtubs and I'll send my technician out there and they take my technician inside. I'm like, Hey, instead of getting paid 25 bucks an hour from LDF, why don't you come work for us? We'll we'll give you a you know sixty thousand dollar a year salary, and you just come work for us and don't worry about LDF. You know, and they're hiring our guys out from under us. You know, that's messed up right there. Right. Yeah. 
Forget and that. like it's it's happened to me too. People approach me asking me to leave this company and go with them, and then the second they find out I'm the owner, you should see the look on their face. They look like a ghost. You know what I mean? Because I could yeah. I could sue them <laughs> for that. You know, and they know it. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it, like I said, when it comes to construction, it's probably a way different industry than what you and you, know, you guys are up to. I'm sure, but I'm sure you guys are feeling the uh, the impacts of the change as well. You know. Yeah, hard to quantify. I'll be honest with you. Sometimes, like you know, I look at the tech industry, and um, I mean, I don't think I think there's definitely a lot of room there. But then you got like Microsoft that laid off like ten thousand people, and Amazon that laid off like a bunch of people. So I think like it's kind of hard to say really what's going on um, in like my industry. But what about you, Mike? You you're in a you're in a parallel field kind um, of with Rick. Well, I mean, my, my field is like directly connected to new construction projects. Um, and construction has been cranking all through COVID construction cranked. Uh, cons- construction continues to crank. 2023 looks like it's going to be a good construction year. Um, but 24 has a lot of people kind of going, ah, not so sure about next year. Um, so we'll see how construction looks next year. And if construction drops big time, that changes our industry like virtually overnight um, where we get like incredibly aggressive on on pricing and we'll have to like let people go and all that kind of stuff. So we'll see how that shakes out. Um, And depending on the region you're in or the position you're in and all that could could it will certainly affect, you know, how soon or or how uh, much it affects you. But um yeah, for right now, we haven't really seen a lot of that. We have seen some of the hiring difficulties um, through COVID. We couldn't hire anybody, um, but that's because everyone was home collecting checks for doing nothing. So nobody wanted to like go to work because they were on unemployment. But as soon as that dried up, uh, the applications started flying in, and we were able to hire decent people again. Um, so it it's um, you know we've had we've had some of that kind of like poaching or turnover, but I don't really think a bunch more than in, in other years, um, like other more normal years, quote unquote. Uh, so I don't, I don't know that it's really changed a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, certainly changed quite a bit where it's just a different world than it used to be, but we're back to a much normal place year over year. And certainly this year, this year is feeling much more normal, um, than last year, certainly the year before it and a fucking ton more normal than the year before that. And, um, uh, I'm stoked to be where we're at right now because it was really getting old living in such a affected, limited, uh, poorly served world there for quite a few years. Well, amen, amen. This is, yeah, I, here I go. I'm gonna bring a rain cloud. Thanks for listening, everybody. It was really nice <laughs> to have you on the show, Rick. <laughs> is that what you guys did all the time? Are you Debbie Downer? Um, I'm Debbie Downer. <laughs> My cat has feline AIDS. It's like, man, this pu- um, cupcake is delicious. Yeah, but it'll give you cancer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, all right. I'll retreat. I'll retreat. No, 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 you no, 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 okay, no. Okay, okay. Crap on our fun. Turn our here smiles upside cra- down. Crapola, crapola is coming. Yeah, yeah. So the SBV Bank, right? Um, you know they underwater because they did some long time investments, some long term investments, and in, uh, long term treasuries, which took a dump which they couldn't get their money out. So the bank failed. Uh, there's other banks that are failing right now that we seem to be in a massive deflationary period. Um, 
And uh, what was it? Uh, I'm going to read this. Uh, this is somebody who uh, managed a BlackRock uh, hedge fund for many years. He took it from like $2 billion to $15 billion. Uh, he says, the Fed has lost control. The bond market has spoken. It has gone away from worrying about inflation to worrying about deflation. The establishment will respond with a consolidation of the banks via bailouts and ultimately a central bank digital cur- currency. Social unrest will follow. All right. Well, we, well, we have we have that to look forward to. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> I, I say that because go get yourself some beans and rice and just throw it in a fucking closet. Yeah. Yeah. That's prepper, prepper Derek. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I mean, we're we're always on the verge of social collapse. Um, yeah. You know, sometimes yeah. we uh, dip our toe in it. Other times we avoid it for the most part. And we'll see. I mean, humans have always had drastic ups and downs, and uh, we'll continue to have drastic ups and downs. And maybe we're headed for a big down. Maybe we're headed for more flat. Maybe for uh, you know some some in between ground. Um, but I think honestly, like I always fall back to the camp of it'll be what it is, and it's never bad to be prepared. To your point, D, it's always a good thing mm-hmm. to, um, you know, hope for the best, but expect the worst, or at least prepare for the worst, because uh, it can't hurt you. Beans and yeah. rice aren't going to go bad, and if they do, like, right. hey, what's the worst that could happen? Society stays awesome, and your beans go bad. Like, hey, that's that's pretty <laughs> great, you know. Oh, um, no, I got $100 of beans in the closet. Yeah, Shit. like you're going to be mad. Go that, yeah, you're going to be mad the social fabric didn't deteriorate. Like, fuck, man, I had all these beans. Um, <laughs> so, you know, uh, I always just kind of fall back on, uh, you know, do what you can. And uh, yep. I'm certainly not as prepared as you, D. Uh, maybe I should be a little more prepared. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a eternal optimist, but um, I just kind of feel like, yeah, everything will be what it is. You know, I try to focus on what what I can control. And uh, I don't know, you know, it'll be. No, and I, pre- I, I like your optimism. I've always liked your opt- optimism. I just, yeah, at the same time, I'm just, you know, I, things can, can get dark. They have in the past. We've never experienced it in our lifetime. Sure. Seems like it's about that time. You know, we all can feel something weird in the air for the last few years. Some weird shit's going on. Like something feels like it's coming to a head. I don't know what it is. Uh-huh. But everything I thought, I thought, it, was, like, I thought it was COVID. Well, they were trying to. They, I thought so too. They were. They're, they've been trying to make a civil war between us for quite a while, and and it feels yes. like we've petered out. And maybe I don't. I don't know that we worked it out on our own, but I think that our um, our apathy prevailed, and we just kind of didn't have the energy for that. We were all just kind of like, ah, this is hate. It's a lot of work, you know. Like it just didn't pan out the way the uh, the overlords really tried to instigate, um, or at least hasn't yet. I think they'll probably think of new things to try to get us to kill each other, but. Um, oh. Guarantee it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, then this last attempt, yeah, you know, we kind of made it through. We really got on each other pretty bad. Um, but I feel like we're all chilling out for the most part. What do you think, D? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, no, it, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. It was a little tough time for a little while uh-huh. there. It was scary time too. You know, uh-huh. I mean, really polarizing. But yeah, I think now we're, we've come to the other side of. Yeah, that. yeah, and maybe soon Canadian lorry drivers will be able to like you know go on vacation outside of Canada. We can all look forward to that. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you're about the God's ears, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Saying, like, should, should ever really hit the fan anyway, dude. And you have to like worry about your supplies and stuff. You don't have to worry so bad because once you get run low, you just kill your neighbor for all his shit, and you're good to go again. You know what I mean? So. Well, there's always that. There's always that. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, you guys ever seen the movie Red Dawn? Oh yeah, with Patrick Swayze. Yes. Oh, great movie. Mm-hmm. Well, 
Yeah. yeah, dude, I'm saying, like, why worry about taking all this gear and stuff and hiding out in the mountains for so long? Because all you got to do is kill the enemy and take all his shit. You know what I mean? And <laughs> that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take two guns with me, bro. I'm going to have all the water I can carry and maybe a week's worth of food. And then I'm just going to go kill other people and take all their shit. You know what I mean? So, and I guarantee if China ever invaded the United States, I will kill my 30 Chinese men for you guys, dude. I'm here for you. I appreciate that. That's all I'm going to say, dude. Thank you, Rick. And you're close to the coast, too. So, yeah, Yeah. you'll be right on them, man. I'll I'll be here, man. You know, they haven't done it yet only because they know all the the friggin' citizens have guns. You know, yeah, and, and yeah. Americans are batshit crazy, man. They they walk into schools and kill kids with guns, you know. So what are they going to do to us invading their land, you know? <laughs> and so That's an interesting that's point, dude. Like, when I think of China people, I almost think of these, like, like um like ants in a way like there's so many of them but i i i feel like they don't value life to where that part is a little like scary to me where it's like man there's so many and they don't really value life so they would just flood us with numbers but i think Mm -hmm. that you're right Mm -hmm. i think they look at us and be like this fucking round eyes are nuts dude like they do some really crazy (laughs) shit um Maybe, maybe, maybe that's. Hey, are, are you finding a silver lining to school shootings, Rick? Is that is that where we're at right now? Is that how no, we're... no, no, no? I'm saying I'm saying that's keeping all of our enemies at bay. <laughs> it that's sounds like a silver lining to me. On. Rick condones school shootings. I hear it. <laughs> that's... Wait, 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 which school? Which school? You keep being controversial, Rick. <laughs> controversial, Rick. Oh hey, I'm, God. I'm an equal opportunist. That's all. Yeah, Rick's an optimist. He's just like, I mean, you know, yeah. okay, we can all agree school shootings are not good, but they're not, not entirely good. bad. Like, where's the silver there's, lining? There's, though? That's what Rick says. Where's that silver there's lining? There's something <laughs> there, you know? <laughs> all oh. I'm saying is keep the, keep the Chinamen in China, and that's what does it. You know what I mean? Wow. But, right. but they, they, say, they, they, say, they say there's 30 Chinamen for every American, so... If shit ever did hit the oh, fan. Oh, that's where you get well, your Well, who's that's they? Right. Yeah. I hope it's a Chinaman because they're good at math. So I'm, I hope someone from China is the one who did that math because <laughs> well, you, you know, know it's what? solid. Got this. <laughs> well, you know, I heard this number like 12 years ago, so I'm sure it's more than that by now. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh, my yeah, God. Well, well, yeah. well, on that Americans incredibly are disturbing and racist note, we should end the show. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, aren't you guys glad wah, I came wah. on? Man. Oh, for always, sure. dude. We love having you, Rick. Oh, I took it down too. At, le- <laughs> at least you gave a little bit of balance for me. I'm not the only one who oh, did it. God. There you go. Man. There you go. Too. Yeah, yeah. I'm here for. I'm here for you guys. I'm here for you guys. You know? Thank you. Thank you, man. Anytime. All right, guys. Well, great talking to you, Rick. Thank you for making time to join us. It's always great to talk to you. And, hey, uh, anytime, oh, hey, Derek, you need a light, by the way. You're lurking in the shadows over there. Dude, what happened to that? I know, what happened I know, to that makeup? Me, that makeup that light sit, I sent you yes, was fabulous. Yes, I am hey. going to buy it again because my brother was interviewing and he borrowed it and I have never got it back. What? So, your brother took your makeup light that I gifted you? you? hmm uh, hey, By the I'm way, Derek, right that's now. a sexy beard, brother, man. I love well, the beard, oh, wait, dude. Dude, thank you, Rick. I appreciate that, man. Oh, are, Sexy well, as hell, bro. Wait, Rick, now, you, now he's going to make bro. you watch him brush it. That's his thing. <laughs> oh, I don't have... Oh. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, this is Derek's move. <laughs> There we go. Does the carpet match the drapes, buddy? (laughs) Oh, it does. Did you listen to the last episode? (laughs) (laughs) We covered we covered the burning bush extensively. Yeah, I was talking about my bush. bush. (laughs) That's right. Derek has a lovely bush. I do. I think. Thank you. It's a beautiful red (laughs) bush, right, Derek? It is. You might get an obfuscated view of it on Twitter. 
and we're gonna play which bush is it oh which bush? oh dude <laughs> Yeah, you're going to get something called All which right. bush is it? Look out for it. All right, let's start some right. games here. All right, which bush is it? <laughs> Upstairs, downstairs, or an actual bush? Like, let's... Uh... I guarantee you're going to be able to know right away, but... <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> oh, no. I'm afraid. <laughs> All right. Well, right on, we gentlemen. have that to we'll look forward again, to. Gentlemen. Yeah, thanks for joining yeah. us, Ray. Great to see you. Yeah, Derek, thanks, great Rick. to see you. We'll talk to you guys soon. You. All right. Bye, everybody. Take care. During hunting season, they were all just sitting out back, and I'm like, you know what? Go ahead and just—I'll let you. I want you to sleep out back because if shit ever hit the fan, you know, I know where to find you. Hey, this is Mike. Thanks so much for joining us. We really, really do appreciate you, and we hope you're enjoying the show. Derek and I sure have a ton of fun doing it for you. If you'd like to support the show, that would be great. Um, you could follow or subscribe to the podcast in your favorite podcast app. Uh, also, if you want to like the show or leave a good review, that would be cool. Let us know we're doing a good job. We'd appreciate it. Uh, in most podcast apps, you can also click the little bell icon thing, and that means you'll get a notification on your phone every time we put out a new episode. So that's kind of cool. Also, if you want to reach out and say what's up, we'd love to hear from you. You can hit us up on Twitter at Derek and Mike Pod. We're also on Instagram as Derek and Mike, or you can go to our website, DerekandMike.com. And if you want to go super old school and antisocial, you could even shoot us an email, info at DerekandMike.com. Thanks again for listening. We really, really do appreciate you, and we look forward to talking to you again next time.